Today on Gun Talk Nation, we are deep in the heart of Texas on a scimitar oryx hunt with Ruger using their new SFAR, a modern semi-auto 308. This Gun Talk Nation is brought to you by EOTech Optics. Welcome into Gun Talk Nation. Today on Gun Talk Nation, Ruger is here in the building on location in West Texas. So if you're listening to this, it may sound a little weird. You're gonna hear a little wind. You're gonna hear some trees blowing. If you're watching it, it definitely looks weird because we're not in the Gun Talk Studios. We are out in West Texas on a hunt with our, our boys from Ruger. Brian, Graham, say hello. How we doing guys? Ryan, how you doing? Yeah. How you doing, well, Ryan? Thanks for being here, guys. Glad you come thanks out. Glad, glad you could come out. So this is awesome. So every once in a while, we gotta get out of the office and test the products, right? Absolutely. <laughs> So being that this is Gun Talk Nation, I won't get too nerdy into the hunt side, but I wanted to talk about um, kind of why are we here, what are we using, and we'll talk about kind of our lessons learned and some experiences from doing this. Uh, Graham, I mean, this is your wheelhouse, so I mean, talk about kind of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah, we're, we're out here, we're, we're out here for a hunt, and we're out here to test Ruger's newest AR platform, which is the SFAR our small frame automatic rifle. So we should really go over how to say it. Because I've heard SFAR, you just said, I've heard SFAR. Small frame AR. No one says SFAR. No, it, you said that a few times this week and I didn't want to correct you. But yeah, you gotta correct me. We're it's gonna like, go, we're on from our it's end. It's like, Brian, S do you, what, how do you, what do you prefer being called? You gotta say, I prefer being called Brian. Not yeah, like, not Bry, Bry guy. Small frame AR. Yeah, small frame AR. Small frame AR. Well, let's go with that. Let's go with that from. But or SFAR. Uh, SFAR. That is works too. How we're kind of. That's how we've been. Doing. All right. So this is actually very cool. We've been talking about it uh, for several weeks. I don't know what is it, how how long has this been out? A month? Two uh, months? Yeah, about about that. Something like that. Yeah. So this is a big deal because, and this is a perfect platform for what we're what this this gun is all about to me um it is a 308 ar so you go it's an ar-10 well kind of i mean would you would you describe it as an ar-10 or would you it's, say well it's something new it, i'd say it has a lot of the same characteristics as an ar-10 but with a ruger twist to it where we we are keeping the same envelope as our ar-556 essentially there's a few parts like the magwell and some areas that you might see a little dimensional difference, but essentially within that AR556 platform, but we're keeping the weight down and we're keeping the price down on this platform. That's the big deal to me is the keeping the weight down, making it trimmer because AR10 platforms um, are just chunkier and heavier. In, in, they have been for years and years. So now that you have a, I don't know what you'd call it, a, just a bigger caliber, uh, bigger bore AR, it also allows you to do things like this. So we are hunting, we're out here in West, Tex West Texas, and we're hunting scimitar oryx. Brian, how tough are these animals? We saw this week they're uh, extremely tough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even well-placed shots, you know, a lot of times needed a follow-up shot just to put the animal down, but we saw it several times, so. Yeah, so, but this, in, this gun being lighter, I think the 16-inch barrel is only 6.8 pounds. 6.8. Right? Yeah, and we got the 20-inch barrel as well. 20-inch barrel as well. A couple more ounces. Um, that, now you're going, okay, I would hunt with this. Because probably in the past, a lot of people would go, ah, it's too chunky, it's too heavy. I don't know if I would hunt, it, hunt with it. But let's talk about 
this gun and experiences in using a auto-loading uh, rifle and how that was helpful in our hunts this week. Yeah, it, I mean, it really comes down to the fact that, you know, everyone understands a traditional hunting rifle, but the AR platform has become such a common rifle that someone that target shoots or uses an AR for home defense or you know, as, as a target shooting can now transition to a, a firearm, understand the fire controls, understand how uh, the gun operates and mm -hmm. take it into a hunting environment with that 308 cartridge for, for medium to large game. It's a great, that's a great point because some of our guides, um, and I would say one of, the, one of the guys, older guy, and always been a hunting guide, maybe no military background, anything like that. He was like, you know, he, he said, I'm honestly, I'm not super familiar with the AR platform. And there are probably a lot of people in that camp, but then on the other camp, you have people who, that's all they know. Like they they went to the military, law enforcement, and they're super familiar and comfortable with this platform, Brian. Yep. So for me, my, myself, I grew up uh, bolt action rifles. I'm more of the traditionalist. Mm -hmm. So this was uh, a first for me. Um, really got to experience the versatility of this platform. That, yeah. that was that was fantastic. You know, being able to you know with the the, the uh, handrails and stuff, being able to move my mounts around. Um, it was it was really interesting the follow-up shot on a semi-auto loading rifle we saw that this time was as <laughs> immediate you know and yep uh, there's a lot of benefits to it and and one of the biggest things is just understanding the system that you're running spend the time with it ahead of time get comfortable with it and uh, I'll, I'll be certainly using them in the future for sure that was great so so for me i mean and we should say this if you're listening to this you can tune into our YouTube or, or Facebook channels and watch this Roku channel and watch it. We do have the guns here so you can see it, but um, we are running, everybody was running suppressed. So silencers on the guns, which helps with recoil, helps with sound, obviously. And I would say it's, it doesn't make it super quiet, but it does help, I think, in these outdoor environments that like we have the, we're hunting the scimitar oryx that are in herds. and I don't think that they're able to identify what the sound was or identify where the shot was coming from, which also enabled you to get follow-up shots. So for me, we got on a herd, we snuck up, we, we stalked, uh, spot and stalked up to about 150 yards, and then the big bull in the group <laughs> laid down. So he's laying down in the bushes. I can't, all I can see is his head and, and his horns, and even then, sometimes not that. And so I'm on the sticks standing to try to see over the bushes for more than an hour and just trying to stay in the gun and just be ready. But when he stood up, when he finally turned broadside to me, I shot, you could, he you could hear the shot, you could hear the hit. Yeah, hearing the impact. You guys heard that too, right? Absolutely. This week? That, that has to be one of the, uh, I've done a lot of suppressed shooting, but this has to be one of the first hunts I've been on Fully, where everyone on the hunt was fully suppressed, and being able to hear, you know, a suppressor offers a lot of advantages. You know, mm -hmm. muzzle reduction, noise reduction. Our guys didn't have to put their hands in their ears. Yeah, they loved it. They were excited we, about that. Look, when we put our cans on the guns, they all, all the guides went, "Oh, this is great." Yeah, because they're used to having their eardrums blown out by yeah. muzzle brakes on big, big bore rifles. Yeah. But being able to be on target, and uh, someone else mentioned it first, and then when I got a chance to shoot. 
hearing the impact, you know, it's, it's like almost like hitting a steel plate. Mm -hmm. You get that immediate response. You know when that 308 round impacts that animal. You know you're on target and you know you're doing the right thing. Flack. It, it, right. it was impressive to hear. Talking about how tough these are. So I shot 150 yards, 308. It was a hindsight, looking at the animal, it was a perfect placed shot, but they're tough. And so he's still up. He's moving, he's hurt, he's still up. I didn't have to do anything. It was an, it's, it's an AR, it's, it's a semi-auto. I just stayed on him and I knew I could just press the trigger again. I put another one in him. And then the third one, he was probably done, but- I heard he didn't need it. The way, the way I do things- It's good to put it down. If, if he's still giving me a shot, I'm gonna, and he's still moving, I'm gonna put another one in him. So uh, he didn't go far. <laughs> um, I mean, that was a big advantage for this platform and, and an argument for using an AR platform for hunting. Um, now, Brian, you've been doing PRS stuff. You've been getting into I've, that side of things and you haven't done as much big game hunting, right? Yeah, this is my first big game hunt. You know, did a little whitetail hunting growing up, but mostly upland birds and, and ducks. So um, certainly for the last two years, been shooting some of the PRS matches, mainly to just work with our product more and, and get to meet customers and, yeah. and what, what they're looking for out of, out of our guns, so. so what what do you think from that helped you and what were you maybe not they didn't prepare you for i'm um, certainly on the helpful part the the positional shooting um helps a lot building a stable position mm -hmm. recoil management um although to what graham said the the suppressor being able to hear the impacts was huge to me because i hadn't shot off shooting sticks before um felt like i had a pretty good stable position broke the shot maybe a little bit on the shoulder from where I wanted to, but immediately heard the impact, um, saw the reaction of the animal, got back on target and, and followed up. So, so I would say, you know, breathing, uh, trying to stay calm on the PRS side of it certainly helped me. On the things that I, I wasn't prepared for, maybe I, I probably should have spent a, a little bit more time uh, with my gear, just, just getting to know the system, um, how it you know feels how it carries mm -hmm. and that's not just the firearm that's that's all the way through you know um we did quite a bit of stocking today um weight reduction obviously my pack would have been a little bit smarter to do but it, all around it was uh, it was an awesome awesome experience and graham you got to do um i mean <laughs> uh, now, now brian shot standing because we have this i don't know what you call it scrub brush down here in West Texas, where it's just tall enough where you kind of need to stand to shoot over it for most of it. Mine was a standing shot. You actually got to lay out prone to help out. You were getting set up. Yep. Um, yeah, we had, we had an interest, interesting situation where we had two separate hunting parties. Um, KJ was able to get on an animal, uh, but we needed a little assistance. So we happened to be set up on the herd that got uh, where the wounded animal was. And I was in a prone position, ready to take another animal out of that group but was able to assist at, i was in my favorite position which is yeah. the prone solid position it's the most solid position i can get uh we were we were at had some atlas bipods mounted on the front um on those uh, on the on the rails and you if i can load into that bipod that is when i'm at my stablest yeah and yeah i was able to take some shots at about 350 yards uh, i probably would have waited a little bit for that herd to come in but uh, i was able to get a couple well Helping out with the wounded animal. Helping out, right? and that's so, what it was I mean, about. That's, we had to like go ahead and get that animal down. Yep. Um, so, 
what else, you guys? What else is going on with Ruger these days? I mean, this is new and this is cool. Well, I, I shouldn't skip over it. Is there some explanation for, for dummies like me of how do you get this thing to be so trim and not be a traditional AR-10? And there, so I'll say there are AR-10s that probably fit the same envelope and weight, but their price is extremely high. Okay. Um, so I don't want to say this is unique in that, but what, what is unique is that we were able to identify the locations on the rifle that needed the the greater you know the greater amount of material, the greater strength, mm -hmm. specifically in the you know the bolt the bolt and the bolt carrier. Yeah. Um, and obviously in the magazine well to fit the new magazine, but. We focused on the the areas that needed to be strengthened to allow it to handle the 308 while stay, while remaining in that envelope. So that's where most of the engineering effort was put in. So the bolt the bolt carrier group is all smaller, shrunk shrunk down to some degree. Uh, no, we, we were able to strengthen those areas both both in material and there was some some growth there to allow more material. Oh really? Okay. Um, but still still within the same envelope. Very I cool. Know, Brian, I don't know if you have any. Yeah, so specifics. I mean, not to get too deep into it, but there was certainly a lot of analysis done on the pressure points and, and building the, the the weight and the, and the strength right in the specific spots. And, and they spent okay. a lot of time doing that and developing that, and they did a great job. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, after a quick break, we're going to talk about more new stuff from Ruger. The Ruger LC Carbine is a new gun that you got to take a look at. It's ideal for range, backpacking, small game, and pretty versatile and reliable carbine and it's chambered in 5.7 by 28 so it's a fun little gun to shoot but it's very packable it breaks down it weighs under six pounds so it's pretty lightweight and it has just a lot of fun features to it and it's a very handy little gun so check out the ruger lc carbine if you're going into the woods or you just want more power for carry springfield armory has a great option for you in their xdm elite 10 millimeter series they have a full-size 10 millimeter but now they have the xdm elite in 3.8 so it's a compact handgun it is osp so it's optic sight pistol it's it's ready for putting a red dot on there you can run it with or without but as far as 10 millimeters go this one is a pleasure to shoot and i love that it holds plenty of ammo so check out the springfield armory xdm elites in 10 millimeter let's talk about optics for a minute EOTech Optics, they have the holographic sights, they have the magnifiers, they have their rifle scopes from Voodoo, but the EOTech brought out a mini re red dot, the E-Flex this year, and they have it in a couple different models. They have the three or six MOA dot. So it's a, a smaller dot or a bigger dot. How do you choose? Well, if you're doing precision work, if you're gonna put this on a rifle, you're gonna shoot a little bit further or try to be more precise, I'd go with a three MOA. If you wanna put it on a pistol for close up um, concealed carry type stuff, quick shooting, quick acquisition of the dot, or maybe on a shotgun, the six MOA may be the way to go. But I like both options. Um, both are good for a particular purpose. Check out the EOTech E-Flex Mini Red Dot site. So Brian, you manage manufacturing side of things over at Ruger um, up in New Hampshire. What are some of the lines you guys work on that your, your line is? So I met um, manufacturing engineers up there. Um, they're, they're spread out across the plant. Uh, we have from our um, Ruger Precision Rifle, we have a lot of our legacy revolvers, which is our uh, Red, Red Hawks, mm -hmm. the GP100s, SP. 
Uh, we have single action up there. Our, ten, yep. our 1022, our beloved 1022 is up there, an American rifle. Are all part of our Newport campus. Along are all with the, the 1022s made there? Yes. Yeah. Yep. They're all made there. Okay. There's they have quite a few SKUs. I wouldn't want to want to guess how many SKUs there are yeah. over the years. There's since, so many variety. Yep. They, but they do a good job managing customer demand, and you know our team up there, and and probably it's the way of our business in the last several years is they're versatile. You know our. Yeah. our our individuals that work, they work hard on these lines, but I can, you know, based on priorities and, and uh, demand, we can shift them to another line. So that's a lot for an engineer. He, he has to understand that mechanism, you know, all the way through in that line and the production part of it. And then to switch lines, uh, you know, that they're, they're light on their feet for yeah. sure. Well, of all those different ones that you manage and work on, is there one that's um, trickier to manufacture or or is, is maybe more fun? I, you know, do you have a, a baby? <laughs> I think I think um, you probably ask every one of our engineers. They probably give you a different answer. Which ones they really? enjoy? A lot of times, it's the platform that you enjoy shooting the most. Mm. So we've you know we've had some some people that enjoy the cowboy action shooting and they love single action. Yeah, Blackhawk. Uh, in some true single action uh, revolvers, the black. Yeah, sorry, the Blackhawk. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the Vicaros. And the Vicaros. Yes. Uh, absolutely. The whole, every one of them's made up. Yep. Yeah. And they and they really enjoy that. I worked on that line for a little while when I first joined Ruger, and it's it's fun. The challenges there are more the the equipment wise. You know, it's it's been around a long time, and there's a lot of uh, really crafty associates that that can hand polish guns to you know. Well, that's the thing. You guys are making that stuff, which is very hands on. Um, but you're also making polymer pistols and ARs, which are probably a, a much different way of, of manufacturing guns to a certain extent, right? Certainly are. Um, they're the design that's gone into these the new platforms to make them versatile. So, you know, as long as your quality is, is there on each component, they're the guns will bolt together and, and everything will function absolutely correct. Right. You know, and, and there's a lot of study and, and analysis that goes into that, but the some of the, the gunsmithing that's happened before in the, on the older legacy lines that really, that people enjoy and that, um, you know, the perfect timing on those old Vaqueros that we're talking about, yeah. like, that's, that's a different way of manufacturing. So for yeah. sure, so you, in Newport, at least, we, you know, we've got um, all ends of that spectrum. And number ones are up there as well, right? Yes, sir. Number ones are up there. Um, I just bought my first one. So. Did you really? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, man. It, it's, number one. I mean, it's such a special little gun that there aren't, it's not high volumes out there, um, but it's single shot, which is for a lot of people like, what's the capacity? We ask these questions. What's the capacity <laughs> of this gun? How fast does it shoot? No, it's not semi-auto. There is no magazine. No, there's no capacity. It's one. It's one. But they're so beautiful. Absolutely. The craftsmanship that goes into them. And then for me, you know, some of that circassian walnut, that's a, mm -hmm. just, it, it tells a story in itself, you know, that, that particular, wherever it came from, the wood. And uh, it's, it's hard working there, not trying to buy a lot of the things that you see. Oh, I so bet. Get in yeah. trouble at home pretty quick. I bet. So. <laughs> well, and that action is super strong, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Falling block. Falling block. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, been been some designs based off it, and it's been around a long time. It's reliable. It's been in the lightest calibers and some of your heaviest, you know, large game, dangerous game, African calibers. And so that's it's been yeah. an incredibly versatile. Another thing, and number. I'm, I'm going to talk up a gun that is hard to find, but who cares? Another thing about the number one is there basically isn't an action. Is one way to look at it. No. So it shortens the whole gun by three or four inches, right? 
Yeah, it's it's almost like a if compared to shotguns, an over-under shotgun versus a semi-automatic or pump shotgun. Mm -hmm. You don't. You, it's barrels. It's chambers and barrels and firing mechanism. You don't yeah. have the action where the bolt needs to slide back and forth or anything yeah. like that. So it shortens the shortens whole it up. It gives you a longer barrel. Gives or you more yeah, velocity. Yeah, you can make a short gun. But in the or same you can capacity. say I have a longer barrel. Yeah, a 26-inch barrel. Some crazy stuff like yep. that. Um, so. What are what are some of like the gear we've been using this week, the hunt we've been doing? Grant, I'm gonna start with you. What are some of your a little maybe a lesson learned or a takeaway in doing this? Because I feel like every time we get out into the field, whether it's several days at gun site doing a training or several days in the field, we go, ooh, I learned a couple things here. Uh, less le lessons learned. I mean, I think we came in set up pretty well we yeah you know with the ruger sfars loophole provided several optics uh, some some mark threes fours and fives um we had uh, i was running atlas bipods i think a few other people were and then we had uh, a range of suppressors i'll let you name off which ones we had um yeah. but we came in knowing the package that we wanted um and i i've had lesson learned is so many people have told me to stop running bipods Really? Like, oh, you got shooting sticks. There's, there's opportunity. There's chances where you cannot be kneeling, squatting, or standing, especially with these scimitar oryx, which were, yeah, we were told they were acute on all three senses: sight, um, smell, and sound. Yep. And that kind of proved true in a couple situations. Um, so, so we know we needed this suppressed package. We needed, we know we needed range. Mm -hmm. um, lesson learned. Uh, one. I didn't carry enough ammo one time. <laughs> I thought I was going to need more ammo. Um, I'm not going to lie. Box so, magazines are it, nice. It, it, make sure you carry your extra magazine with you. Don't leave it in the truck. Yeah. That was my lesson learned uh, today. That, well, that was, that's a good point. Like you go, don't leave, I mean, don't leave a, your carry in your truck. I've got a 10-round magazine in the gun. That's plenty, right? Plenty for my hunt. but That's plenty. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lesson I learned from PRS. I always have extra magazines on yeah. me because you don't know what stations were more. So, yeah. I, you know, luckily I wasn't too far away and we had some... Some others ready to go too if he needed them yeah brian now what about you because this was your kind of your first big big game hunt yeah i we talked a little bit about it but the the weight of what you carry too was yeah. was really interesting i actually had never run a bino rig before um so i had the uh, definitely the fortune of running i ran one from coltec but i got the chance to check out everything mm -hmm. you guys were running and and it was interesting it's it's all a lot of times it's what you're used to and, yeah. and you guys were very comfortable with your rig but I loved mine. It yeah. was uh, it's, it's something new that they introduced, and I uh, fit perfect. It was uh, modular. I could put my Kestrel right next to it. And, yeah, uh, it was it was good. Yeah, I would say, um, and we were talking about earlier. I mean, seeing what the suppressor does in hunting situations is incredible. Um, and we were running Silencer Central cans. We had a Banish Thirty. We had the Backcountry um, from from Silencer Central. I also had. And I guess old school for me, it's a it's a one I've had for a long time, is an AAC uh, can, kind of an original SD762 can. Um, something else that I was kind of impressed with, all four hunters, we're tagged out, we're, we're, we're toasting beers and all that stuff. Cheers. We, uh, everybody got close, and this is wide open country. And you're, you're sneaking up on groups of animals in 10, 20 animals sometimes where there's a lot of sets of eyes and ears and, and noses to detect you. But we didn't just sit back, 
on sticks and just dial up scopes and, and throw bullets at them, which I think maybe perhaps because we were shooting a 308, perhaps that kept us honest. What do you think? I, I definitely, I think that, you know, we're trying to get as close as we can you sure. know, for, for the accuracy and, and the, you know, the instantaneous kills, what you're looking for. And one thing I uh, definitely on the lesson learned is that I don't do enough crunch walking. You know, we, <laughs> I, uh, we with, I was with Graham on, on his hunt and uh, about halfway through, uh, I had quite a few cramps and I was like, boy, I'm going to have to work on this. This is, <laughs> this is a telling gotta, sign right gotta here. Gotta stay away from that sweet tea. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you, so, guys, every time. you guys covered some miles this that, morning. That was a long, and again, I had never done the spot stock before and, and that was very interesting and yeah. uh, it was a lot of fun. It, it was, it was amazing. And how those animals can hide in a, in a, in a short grass really um, was impressive. So yeah, Ryan. One of the thing, I think one of the things about you know being able to glass and you know engage a target from distance, that's all great. Except that with these animals, both the cows and the bulls have horns. Yes. And you that's do true. not know the diff you, until you get close. Even, you gotta get close. Even with a spotting scope, you cannot tell. Uh, you know, either the age, wh whatever you're looking for in in your in your animal, you know, uh, horn length or horn size or the size of the animal, you still need to close that distance in order to properly identify the target you want to engage, or yeah. the animal you want to engage. Yeah, um, good point. And we, I think, you know, our guides and we did a great job of doing that as well. And everyone here was able to kind of close and identify which animal they wanted to take which is specifically important in when you have that, that large group. You know, we, we yeah. saw one group of 30 to 40 where it almost was impossible to distinguish one from the other. Yeah, I mean, they're clumped up together. Um, I know for mine, we probably did a stock, I don't know, probably six, 700 yards that we got within this big group, uh, got up to about 150 yards. And even with the scope, and the silencer and the sling and the bipod and all that, it wasn't heavy. It wasn't horrible for me. And that just makes me excited about being able to do more hunting with an AR. Um, also being able to attach more stuff in an easy manner. Um, I love to have the QD mounts for the slings. It just is those kind of a standard stuff that you're starting to see on ARs. And sometimes with a hunting gun like a traditional bolt gun you're having to like how do i attach all these things that i want to have on it and all this stuff this is this is just awesome as a platform for this it it was conceptualized designed and manufactured specifically for this purpose yeah you know to, to that ability that adaptability the ability to be suppressed easily mount your optics easily mount your accessories uh, without being overbearing without yeah. adding too much weight. You know, your ability to swap in your standard uh, AR-15 accessories where you want them. It, it, it was designed from the ground up to be what we have here. And when you're doing spot and stock, it's, it's way different from sitting in a box blind. Those of us who've done a lot of Eastern hunting, it's great, but that's kind of almost like sitting at a bench and if you're going to do anything out west, any style where it's spot and stalk, you've got to practice. You've got to get comfortable with shooting from sticks. You've got to get comfortable um, moving, getting set up again, dropping to a knee, all of those different positional shooting things. That's one of the big things for me that 
it's fun to get out here and kind of test those skills. Um, and now we get to bring home a bunch of meat. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, scimitar works. I hear it's delicious. So that's all. That's that's what. That's really why I come to these things. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring home all the meat and cook it up because that's that's my thing. So I think you guys have a truckload. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be an issue. Guys, thanks for being on with us. It was a pleasure. All right, that is it for us. We will see you next time on Gun Talk Nation. Yeah.